0: 2018 in sunny Orlando, Florida, with our guest, Denise Fishburne. Tony Cuevos is a co host, along with myself, Steve Kostick, and we're here to discuss some security with the expert, the fish, none other. So, uh, we have several topics we would like to query you about and oh, like awesome. obtain your expertise. Um, and I've just been reading recently that you were planning on attending SharkFest. Oh, uh, I'm so excited about SharkFest! Now, how did you find out about SharkFest?
1: Actually, I have wanted to go to SharkFest since 2009. Um, a friend of mine went to SharkFest. Right. Um, like Jeff Carroll's gone to Shark SharkFest. He's IPv6. So there's been a number of oh, people wow. who have been to SharkFest. He presented at SharkFest. And so, I've heard about it, and I always wanted to go because I love Wireshark. One of my favorite exams actually was the Wireshark certification. I swear, I was in there taking it and I'm like, I'm going to fail this. (laughs) Um, I couldn't remember, there was like an HTTP question because I also get into, you need to be able to understand how to troubleshoot the protocols. You need to know the protocols, right? And so what ended up happening was I was actually in Barcelona and I was like, I'm never gonna go to Shark Fest unless I pay for it myself. And then there was this uh, guy who, I will not necessarily say his name to not get him in trouble, but he's speaking there and he's allowed a plus one. Uh And so he... You're the plus one? I'm the plus one. (laughs) And so I'm going there, and uh, the week of June 25th, and then when I went in there to look at it, I also saw that on Monday, there is an all-day, hands-on class on detecting malware um, with Wireshark. And so I went ahead and paid extra for that class. And then I am signed up for so many security focused classes with using Wireshark, with um, figuring out what's really going on in your network and understanding what's going on in there from a security perspective. So I signed up for everything security oriented.
2: One quick question for yeah. our listeners out, out there: What is Shark Fest? Oh, what there, is Shark Fest? There's probably oh, a bunch of people out there. That I have do no have idea to admit
1: to... that um, someone asked me that because they know that I also scuba dive, right? So they saw it on my out of office thing, and they're like, "Why are you going to go with sharks?" <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so Shark Fest is so there's Wire Shark, right. which of course is you know, PCAP or it didn't happen. Right. So. There's Wireshark. So what happened was years ago, they actually started making a conference around Wireshark. So it is called Shark Fest. (laughs) It will be in California at like the computer museum area, like in Sunnyvale, the week of uh, June 25th. And to say that I'm like a kid in a candy store (laughs) about it is understatement of the year. And there's so many security things. I mean, I'm really excited. They have a lot of hands-on right. stuff about trying to figure out like who done it, oh. and and all that kind of cool stuff.
0: Yeah, a lot of our listeners come have different backgrounds. I, my background is I do data center stuff. Tony, I believe you're in the I'm
2: in collaboration, in the collaboration in network.
1: Well, and and I'm newer to security. I mean, right. technically, right? I'm a CCIE route switch, and SNaIP and I'm CCDE. So really, my entire career at Cisco has really been uh, enterprise-oriented, right? Um, so I've played with OTV and Fabric Path and ACI and all this other kind of stuff. And then we actually had this kind of sort of cool opportunity happen where we reorged CPOC and DCloud and a few other groups. And so instead of being just CPOC. I'm, we had like security across DCloud and CPOC and the customer briefing centers, enterprise um, service provider, and I was like, I want security. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I've been security, and you know, I mean, I know, I'm obviously I can do IPsec router to router, so I've been doing that for years because correct. that's to me routing,
2: correct,
1: right, um, firewalls, that's fine all that kind of fun stuff, but now it's also like firepowers mm-hmm. and you know, amp and umbrella and all the endpoint stuff. And I have to say that is still where I'm the weakest is really the endpoint user. And so I'm really excited about the Wireshark class because I really still have that as a huge ramp up that I need
0: to do. All right, so typically you would span a port, you would Collect some data. You would run it through some kind of. Uh...
1: Well, absolutely. You would you would take the Wireshark because I because I, of course I say that the, the wire never lies, mm-hmm. right? GUIs, eh, CLI, yeah. I've been I've been lied to a few times, <laughs> but the wire never lies, right? So I think that's the reason why I love. Wireshark is actually figuring out what's going on on the wire, and and here's what's what's interesting is. The classes that I'm going to be taking are going to be like a PCAP of a whole bunch of users doing things and then actually looking at that and they're going to show us how to see the malware, Ah. how to see the common attack vectors, the things that are happening on the segment with the users. And this is an area that I just do not have that expertise on. You know, I don't, I don't know the common ways. I know how we, people try to hack into routers. I know IPS and IDS. Right. I know all of the infrastructure stuff. But I think what's scary, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> is that it's really, with everything being HTTPS now, the bad guys are really going after the end station that already has access into your network. And so it's really attacking one of the end hosts that can then get in. And I don't know all of the doors and windows and ways to get in. And, and so that's why I'm so, so excited.
2: Sharkfest will help you find yes, yes, those yes. hidden doors, yes, hidden windows yes, that you yes. can knock on. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, So and, and to figure out, you know, like I understand what AMP does, and I understand right. what Umbrella does but I don't have that mindset of how do people how do people attack the the end station. Correct. So yes, so SharkFest <laughs> is going to fill in all those blanks okay, in cool. a style that I understand which is Wireshark.
0: I have a trick question for you. A trick question? This yeah. is a trick question.
1: Pink, my favorite color is pink. No. Nope. <laughs> okay. This is
0: related. Do you know what the predecessor name of Wireshark was?
1: Well, I'm going to say it wrong. So I always called it um, Etherreal.
2: There you go. That is correct. But, oh, that is the that proper. Is that is yes. the proper. That's, that's oh, cool! I'm correct. so glad because <laughs> I was
1: afraid to look stupid. But yeah, that, I've always no, called it, it Etherreal. Cool. It was,
0: we were just trying to like get some more history. Oh yeah,
1: I've been using it. Actually, I've been using sniffers um, even since before Etherreal. I was actually at IBM. I would lug around this big, huge W and G thing and it was like this big, huge, massive case and I know it was Wendell and Goldman or something like that that did it and I would actually hook it up into a token ring network and see the SNA.
0: (laughs) This is great. We're going back. We're picking like... (laughs) I love it. I remember those giant oscilloscopes with, you know, you would just see these different like sonar radar panels and you're trying to interpret that. And didn't
1: you feel so geeky that you could like read that special stuff? It took a
0: lot of interpretation to yeah, really understand yeah. that. But
1: it's like a secret decoder ring.
0: <laughs> so, let's step back. Let's let's trace your history. You know, I know you started Cisco in like 1996. Yes. Oh, wow. So, so wow. you're the person who is my stalker. Okay, no. it's so nice <laughs> to meet you. Yes, I did start in 19. No, all this information is available with networkingwithfish.com. That's true, yeah. So, yeah. I've been with
1: Cisco since 1996. I came over to Cisco from IBM. I was with, at IBM for seven years okay. uh, out of college.
0: Where did you go to school?
1: I went to Rutgers University. In Jersey. Yep, Chains I did. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah.
0: It's always great to see the roots of where, where folks go and where well, they. Well,
1: if we're going to be completely, if we're going to really, really interview me, okay, okay, then we also have to take the skeleton out of the closet. Oh. Okay. So while I graduated from Rutgers University,
2: yeah.
1: Okay, I went. I grew up in Princeton, New Jersey, and I went to Ohio State University. Buckeye. What I was accepted <laughs> in in the honors program. Well, I was born there. So I was like, oh, let's just go back there. And so I was accepted into the honors program. It was a bit of a leap to go from Princeton, New Jersey, where my parents were like, did you do your homework to Ohio State University? So one can understand that maybe my grades weren't so great the first trimester. But for the honors students, they had this great thing. It was called freshman forgiveness. Your first trimester just disappears. And they're like, you get a second (laughs) chance. So um, I didn't think that I perfected being a complete screw-up well enough the first trimester, so I decided to do it again the second trimester. And that was when my parents were like, no, your your butt's coming home now. And so um, actually, and I think it's really important for people to hear this because we say, oh, I graduated from here. Oh, I'm a triple E. Oh, I'm this. But, you know, I came home, got my act together, did not go right into Rutgers. I went to a community college for a year then I went to Rutgers.
0: And what did you focus in?
1: I was a dual major originally. Um, I was, uh, my dad's a PhD aeronautical engineering, so he's a good rocket scientist. Mom's a PhD sociology. Um, So I actually was a dual major because I couldn't decide what I wanted to do. So I was um, computer science and I was psychology. Because um, my, in Princeton high school, they actually let you take Um, we had a we had punch cards (laughs) and so I took the three classes that my high school did uh, with the punch cards and then my summer job would be working with my father to write Fortran coding when I was in high school and so then our high school actually had something with Princeton University that if you finished all of the classes uh, at the high school level you could go over to the university and and audit some of those classes
0: So you used to do the stack of cards and then compile your program? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. And I even did that when I was over at Princeton University. You never want to drop that stack. You want to have a box that you keep those in (laughs) because dropping those are really bad. Oh, yeah, I was a a Fortran Fortran coder, and I, I had the punch cards and uh, then you would submit them, they'd compile and everything like that, and you'd get a, you know, that nice, big, huge printout thing with the spool and all that kind of stuff, yeah. They even had that at Princeton University as well.
0: Oh my gosh. You're, yeah, I'm old. I'm just as old as you are, because yeah. you're, you're, you're bringing up my past.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> so then IBM for seven years, and then Cisco. That's
0: good. So when did you really start networking and? Cisco. Mm-hmm. At Cisco.
1: Yeah, at, at IBM it was all, um, SNA. So that's why Cisco hired me. So I was an SNA expert. Okay. Um, I didn't know what an IP address was. I didn't know what a mask was. I didn't know anything about this funky thing called IP. And so um, I was at IBM and I was kind of sort of like, I don't know what else is out there. So um, I'll be honest, my parents, I was complaining about my job. <laughs> and my parents were like, well, we'll continue to listen to you complain. But send out three resumes and do one on-site interview. So actually, I didn't want the job. It's much easier to interview with people if you don't want the job. Sure. Oh, it was great. This one guy asked me a question and uh, and I was like, well, he said, what would you do if um, somebody came to you and they had a problem with, at the time, it's called the front-end processor and because that was what he was an expert in. and I knew SNA, and I could configure front end processor, but I was over on the uh, IBM's version of Linux, so I was on the, the end station, um, the AIX environment, and so he said, what would you do, because I was in tech, he said, what would you do if a customer called? And I just kind of looked at him and I said, well, I'd probably tell them that they got re to the wrong place, and while I could probably help them, I wouldn't be able to help them as fast as the people who are front end processor experts. And the other two guys in the room were just kind of like, <laughs> But I wouldn't have answered it like that if I had wanted the job. True.
0: Oh, this is a great throwback. (laughs) No, it's great because this way you see how folks come into where they are right now.
1: You know the best interview question that they asked me? What was that? The best interview question I've probably ever been asked was by those three guys because that's what they did. They had you go in with three people. And um, one of them said, you know, you're probably a, a big fish over at IBM. And I, I didn't have the nickname Fish yet. And so he's like, you're probably a big fish over there in a small pond. And I was like, well, yeah. He said, okay, I'd like to know how you would be able, how you would handle, personally, how you would handle being a small fish in a big pond. And that was like, that was the really hardest, cause I think that's a good question. You know, so many of us are used to being at, like, the top 10%, he was kind of sort of like, what if you're just in a group with a whole bunch of other rock stars?
0: Well, but your personality shows that you want to learn, you want to absorb, so I would think you'd want to just jump in the deep end with that.
1: You know, we're talking 22 years ago when I'm not too sure if I was... (laughs) Quite as emotionally mature as I am now, <laughs> uh, so I might have been a little more cocky back then. But okay, I like I like your view.
2: <laughs> How did you answer that question? Then
1: um, I answered the question uh, internally. I thought to myself, "Crap, what have I gotten myself into? Oh, it's okay. I don't really want the job anyway. So what do they want to hear?" And so I said, "Well, I think that would be a, a really wonderful um, change." And um, would probably push me, you know, um, to, to grow more. But then again, I didn't want the job, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I like the, the question you posed about how they asked you this the trick question. There's really not a right answer or a wrong answer. But, you know, one of the questions I like to ask, and I, I want to ask you, is this just this is a question sure. I ask for all network engineers. Everybody's got a backpack. Everybody's got a laptop. What do you have in your backpack that makes you a security-focused engineer? Like, what tool? It it can be physical, it can be a program, it can be, you know, like, you you can ponder it a bit.
1: I I think think that, um, uh, (laughs) what I carry is, um, I I carry a lot of protection in my laptop However, I still don't think I should ever go to Black Hat and have my wireless on, because I don't think I'm at that level yet.
0: Now, have you ever attended one of those No, I haven't, and I'm
1: so scared. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm, like, I'm afraid my name's gonna go like right up there, because my understanding is, is that, um, this is my understanding. So to all of the people who are listening to this, there's Black Hat and there's DEF CON, right? Black Hat in the past was what kind of sort of like my understanding, again, DEF CON was now. It was like the core people. And then, to a number of the core people, Black Hat has now been commercialized. So it is no longer, quote-unquote, true. Um, However, there are a lot of people who would like to show the people who they think shouldn't be a Black Hat that they shouldn't be a Black Hat. And they have fun hacking into you. And so... um, I'll probably be going next year, but I think I'm too scared to ever go to DEF CON. (laughs) So I'll probably be going to Black Hat, but DEF CON, I think I... I,
2: Not yet. Well, I don't
1: think so, right? Because um, I just really got into the whole security thing. And as I mentioned, one of my gaps right now is how do people break into the end device? And until I close that gap, mm -mm, no, I'm not going to DEF CON.
2: Well, You'll actually be a small fish in a big pond then. Oh my
1: gosh.
0: <laughs> well, there's other organizations like SANS, for instance, which is yes. very broad and not vendor specific. And have you ever done any SANS type of training or defense in depth?
1: Yes, I have. I've done like the stuff. security dojo training and some SANS training. I think there's a lot of really great stuff out there. Um, our government actually has a lot of training, which is fantastic because they want people to be more secure. So there's actually, if you go to, um, I think it's like Department of Defense or Homeland Security, there's an IT one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually have that bookmarked. Oh, and cool. um, it actually has a whole bunch of training that people can go to. And all the beginning training is free. I've gone through all of that. Wonderful. And the wow. Sand stuff I really like as well. Security Dojo, I haven't, I've gone through the White Belt, but I haven't gone to the other ones because... I'm ADD and I went over to the government one, the sands one instead and I just haven't clicked back on that web page yet. <laughs>
2: Squirrel.
0: <laughs> Squirrel. Yeah, the Ooh, they're pretty shiny. Yeah, the sand ones are expensive too.
1: They are. Um, they are, but I think that um, for me, what I've been doing is I'm also actually doing um, the security zero to hero training at 16 weeks. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm doing that. It's with um, Narvik. Um, oh. I actually haven't... Uh, uh, Amy Engineer uh, talks very highly about him, and uh, Catherine McNamara was talking, because I was asking Catherine, um, back at the Cisco Security SEVT, about additional training, because I had already paid for a number of things, admittedly on my own, and um, so she mentioned the security zero to hero, because what I didn't want, is I didn't want a class, even if it was hands-on, that taught me about the CCIE security exam, right? That's not the direction I'm heading. I want to understand the landscape. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So she suggested the security zero to hero class. And um, I was very fortunate, Cisco paid for that. It's 16 weeks and it's on Saturdays.
0: Oh, so it's online?
1: It's online and um, it's actually, it works for the way that I learn because if you throw PowerPoint up, I'm gonna scan the page. Oh, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. I'm gonna scan the page, I'm gonna pay attention to you somewhat, and I might look at the next slide. But what he does is he actually, this guy clearly has a lot of training. It's not Narvik, it's uh, Pietro, Piet, like Peter. Uh-huh. And he has a tablet, and so he, Draws as he's explaining things. He writes and he draws as he's explaining things. He does it in different colors. So you can't get ahead of him. And you can't, so you're right there with him. So that works for my ADD brain.
0: So it's interactive where he's posing questions. Oh, or absolutely. Are you, okay. We can
1: take ourselves off mute, we can put things in the chat room. Um, So it is and then they record it, but I except for last Saturday because of Cisco live um, I've gone to all of them. So I wake up and uh, Some people are in Europe. Some people are in California. So it's like uh, 10 o'clock my time Eastern Uh, I think we have one person who's in like uh, Saudi Arabia. So it's really late for him Um, But yeah, it's kind of cool and we have a spark room and we all talk to each other and talk about homework
0: so I assume there's like a, a module for ACS or oh, now absolutely. ice. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Tech we started X. off
1: with um, well, we started off with um, the ASA. Okay. So the first uh, two weeks were ASA. Now, admittedly, I already knew all that. Um, so, um, and then we went into I knew I knew a lot of that, um, but and then we went into firepower. Okay. And um, all the different uh, variations of the firepower with FTD, without FTD, and he was actually explaining naming conventions that I'm like, oh, I'm so glad someone's finally doing that. And so it's gonna get into like DMVPN and IPsec, so I'll know the IPsec stuff, but we're gonna cover AMP and Umbrella and a lot of other things, yeah.
0: Cool. Um, Did you have any questions? Um, Because I I have loads of them.
1: favorite color is pink.
2: Is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, going back to what you mentioned earlier about where, where where did you get the nickname Fish?
1: Oh, the nickname Fish. Ah, <sighs> okay. So we'll we'll do the cleaned version. Yeah. <laughs> so the the simple version is is that I was playing hockey, ice hockey, right? A number of years ago, and uh, with a bunch of guys. And my name is Denise. It's a very soft name. Now, I'm not saying that I was great at the hockey, right? And, but I usually would go and like steal the puck from people because my my legs and I'm in shape. But then I never knew really what to do with it and I couldn't shoot. I could pass, but I couldn't shoot. So people would hit the stick on the ice and bark my name, Denise. It's a very soft name. So I really didn't hear it. So one of them started barking. He'd hit the stick on the ice and he'd be like, fish. And of course, my last name is Fishburn, so that wasn't, so then I would just turn, so everyone noticed. And so I just became Fish. <laughs> and so uh, one of the people I worked with at Cisco, and um, so it just became Fish. And I, I, my favorite place to be is on a boat, the in the water, um, scuba diving, whatever. So it just naturally, it, fits it does, uh, it yeah. really fish, It really fits, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I've been fish for like I don't know ten years now, something like that. So, and now it's just, and I, I will say one thing: it actually does help me at conventions like this because um, Denise Donahue. I have had like ten years ago, I would have people come up and be like, "Oh, Denise, it's so nice to meet you. I've read your books," and of course I've never written any. And I'm thinking, "You, you mean the other Denise?" And so they're like, "Oh." <laughs> you know, so by going by fish, it does help differentiate oh, yeah. because uh, I was getting confused with Denise Donahue quite often.
0: A.K.A. The Lady Networker. A.K.A. Lady, 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 lady
1: Networker. A.K.A. Someone I am not upset with being confused
0: with. You, know, you mentioned Amy Engineer. She's yeah. a longtime Cisco champion. Um, she's one of, I see her all the time. I really haven't spoke to her much, but I know she's very knowledgeable. And very well versed in the whole engineering community, especially sorry at the last Wireless Land Pros mm-hmm. uh, Professionals Convention. So yeah, I, I just mentioned she is
1: she is um, a role model of mine, and everybody has her to blame. I will repeat this: everybody has her to blame with the fact that I'm social. My first eight Cisco lives, um, I would get up, I would come in, I would go to the speaker lounge, I would teach my sessions, I would meet, do MTEs with customers and talk to them about their networks and then I would be back in my hotel room so the first eight Cisco lives I had never been to a CCIE party I had never been out to dinner with customers, I had never been to the customer appreciation event and in eight Cisco lives I probably, even with Cisco people only went out to dinner probably three or four times so to say I was a hermit for eight Cisco lives is the understatement of the year. Well, And so she is responsible um, because I met her and in 2013, five years ago, in Orlando, wow. um, I had become a, I had been uh, picked, uh, I didn't even apply, <laughs> I had been picked to be a Cisco champion and uh, by Amy Lewis. And so they had all these things where it's like, well, we want to get together we want, there's gonna be a Cisco champion table, there's gonna be this, there's gonna be that. And I started getting nervous about that and having to live up to the expectations of what people thought Fish Fishburn was. Um, and I started noticing some people on Twitter that um, I thought were jerks. And so, um, and some people talk to some of the champions. So I was afraid that if I was around the champions, I also might be around these people who I thought were conceited, selfish, everything's about them, jerks. And so I found myself recoiling from actually doing things with the champions. And so I reached out to Amy on DM. She didn't know, I mean, she knew who I was, but I'd never DM, and I was like, hi. And um, so it's like, I'm starting to get nervous about Cisco Live. And that year I was supposed to speak in front of over, I think, 400 people. So her answer back was, well, yeah, if I was gonna speak in front of 400 people, I'd get nervous too. And I'm like, no, that I can do because that's just teaching. Um, I'm actually getting nervous about the Cisco Champion Program. And I'm getting nervous about having to meet people and live up to whatever expectations they think I am, that I, I am. And I don't wanna have to be on like that. And so she said, Stay with, stick with me and i'll introduce you to everyone that's really cool
0: i I just want to counter this because you mentioned you know teaching and stuff i've attended your class a few times and in the past i found it to be one of the most captivating classes i've ever attended because you as a speaker are very engaging you're very methodical and you kind of feel like you're getting in the back seat of the car and i felt like i was just a passenger so just want to give you that Thank you. No, I mean, uh, I, honestly, your, your sessions were- I'm very were, passionate about it. Yes, and I could tell by the way you presented yourself, it was, I, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. That's why I, when, when this opportunity came up, I wanted to jump on it, so. Aww. But anyways, that was my plug to counter being- No, I, I,
1: I do love passing on what others have passed on to me and what others have helped me. Um, and I think that when you're presenting, Um, everything is about you being a conduit because you've worked hard on those slides. Okay? You worked really hard on those slides. Right. So now all you're supposed to do is to just be a conduit to be used to get all of that knowledge into everyone's brain out there because they came to the class to learn that. No more, no less.
0: But the approach, that was what I really, really got. That was my hugest takeaway. So... I had, to, I had to just give you that plug because you were putting yourself down, so I wanted to give you that. Okay, plug. okay. So it's your delivery. <laughs> <But>. <laughs>
1: well, someone said that they they can tell that I genuinely care
2: God.
1: if people are getting it. So
2: yeah, you, you just give off that vibe. So,
0: with with the way security is evolving, how do you keep oh. up with like competing mm-hmm. vendors, like? Oh. Okay. Obviously, you know about firepower, but how yeah. do you know about the checkpoints, right. the Palo Alto's, Palo Alto. and all these, you know, emerging technologies of like different vendors to it, like. It know. is. It
1: is not easy. I mean, it, I'm sorry. Do
2: go you, ahead. I was actually just going to add to that. Do you try to learn those technologies as well too, you or know, it's, it's dabble hard. Like, I, a little I, bit into
1: it? I. So what I try to understand is where. Um, So when I got into security, what I did at Cisco was I reached out to a bunch of coworkers that were in security and I said, I want to interview you. I said, what do you like best about Cisco security products? What do you like least about Cisco security products? What do the customers like best about Cisco security products? What do the customers like least about them? Who are our number one competitors? How are they viewed by the customers? How are we viewed in that space? What do they have that we don't have? And so from that perspective, I learned a lot about a lot of competition. And, um, and I've learned a lot, probably more about Palo Alto than I actually have about Checkpoint. Um, Palo Alto does seem to be very much, their name keeps on repeating right. in firepower things.
2: It's like the biggest, like a- Right, camera. and
1: I, I yeah. do, I am aware, because I'm on the um, Next Generation Firewall Technical Advisory Group. Okay. So it's a small group of technical advisory people for what we're supposed to do. So I know what our roadmaps are in the future, mm-hmm. and I know which ones it's like, well, we have to have this one in here because Palo Alto already has it, right? And so I know what they have that we don't. I know what we have that they don't. More so with Palo Alto than with Checkpoint. Only because I just had their name popping up more. But, but it, is, it is really hard, but it's the same question with routing and switching. What does Juniper have? What does Arista have? What is Cumulus, right?
0: What does Juniper have? <laughs> I don't even know.
1: But Cumulus. No, I'm talking about routing and switching. So it's the okay. same problem, right? Cumulus and a lot of the white box people are redefining writing and switching. I think writing and switching people have to know that. So it's the same thing in security. So I was talking to someone last night because I don't know if you have an entire Cumulus network. So I was just talking to someone last night, if you have an entire Cumulus network or an entire white box network, how do you do security? So they explained it all to me, but it was all uh, IPS, IDS firewall. And I'm like, okay. How do you then? What do you do then? What do you complement that with to protect the end station?
2: Right, because that's all on the perimeter. Absolutely. What about the internal? Right. How do you stop the your internal attacks from?
1: So (laughs) I feel like I'm always trying to keep up. (laughs) It's nonstop.
0: Well, that's why you work out every day.
1: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Except for Cisco Live, apparently. So to answer that question is is that at first, I will tell you, a year and a half ago when I was getting into security, it was overwhelming. I really had a hard time balancing my work-life balance because I was in such a panic now that I was security that I knew at least what all of our products were. And what they did. So I think for a good six months I really screwed up my work life balance. Um, so you're asking me what I did to learn, to try to keep up.
0: Now, were you an ACL fan? You and know, going back to your, your router you know, switch days, were you like configuring massive ACLs and that would be your your perimeter security? Actually,
1: or? I I really like, so yes. I think the better way of saying that is, am I a control freak? I'm a control freak. Um, My view has always been whether it's security or even QoS, if you're not going to let it out, don't let it in, right? And so if you're going to put an access list outbound or if you're not going to let a certain amount of bandwidth go outbound, don't let it in. And I think that goes back to because 22 years ago, I still, ha- I still was working on like AGSs, so you were trying to protect the CPU and the resources that were in that device. Now it's just brainwashed into me.
0: So the takeaways deny any.
1: The takeaway is to do something that I'm sorry people don't do. Um, I was talking with Jeff Moncrief uh, the other day, who's a stealth watch subject matter expert.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: He taught a class. And I think the best way to talk about security is he would actually go to customers' environments and hook Stealth Watch up and show them what was going on. He said he was so surprised how many people said, I really wish I didn't know this. I really wish I didn't know that this was going on. And so, I um, I think security is, I'm very passionate about security. I think security is, huh. let me put it this way. I've been trying to get into security for a few years. Um, so I've been learning more and more, and I'm trying to get into for a few years. And my father said, oh, that's great. Your timing's great you know, to be getting into security because it's really, it's really important. And I said, actually, Dad, security's been important for a really long time, except that so many people had their head in the sand. And now because of the front page of the New York Times and because of CNN and Twitter, you know, you get hacked, you get whatever, everyone knows it. And so for the first time, I'm sorry, but for the first time in forever, unless you are government or financial, for the first time ever, I have seen people fully, finally take security seriously and give it the um, intellectual mind share in your design team and the priority that it needs. And so I'm really happy about that. But what I would say is a lot of normal enterprise customers that are not huge they just don't want to know what's going on because then they have to do something about it. And so I want to help with that. Um, and the other thing I'd say is, is that um, I think it's overwhelming. I think security is absolutely overwhelming for a lot of networking people. And um, I want to help change that. I want to help, I don't know. It's like I want to hug and protect everybody. I want to help protect everybody. With Cisco gear or not Cisco gear, just protect yourself. You know, protect the packets. Be the network detective that is protecting the packets, protecting your customer, protecting your confidential information. You know, just secure, and what I say is secure the network. You know, just everywhere. It, it, I went to a Talos thing one time.
0: Did you attend this past week's Talos?
1: I wanted to so badly, but I was teaching, so I couldn't be in two places uh-huh. at once. And my wife won't let me get cloned, so <laughs> um, so I couldn't. I couldn't. But I talked. I talked to the Talos people a lot, and uh, one of them was actually saying that it is a constant cat and mouse game. Once we figure out how to build a better mouse trap, they figure out how to trip it. I was in a class that absolutely, uh, in Barcelona I think, that absolutely amazed me. And he was talking about most attacks are financial based. So one of the biggest things is is to actually make it almost cost prohibitive for them to get into your network. I mean, it's, it's simple, right? You Remember the club that you had in the, in the cars? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or just like a little sticker that my house is secured? Yeah. Okay, the concept is that is actually a deterrent, right? Because I want to get in, as a, as, as, a, as a bad guy, I want to get in and out quickly. So if you make it harder for them to get in, and if their desire is financial, then the more money you make them spend, the more time you make them spend, the more money you make them spend in order to get in, the more they're just going to move on to somebody else.
0: Right.
1: Now that doesn't help when it's government or, you know, not money related. But I, I love security, but it is absolutely overwhelming. And the more I get into it, um, the more absolutely scared I am.
0: And that's a very honest answer. That's that is so true, and it, it applies. I completely understand that 1,000%. <laughs> you know what
1: I didn't realize? If my laptop is um, is in sleep mode, you can still, because of the fact that the USB has some intelligence, you can still stick a USB, um, just in sleep mode, you can stick a USB in there yeah. and get it to run a info. program, absolutely.
2: Right. Pull info off of it. Oh yeah, when I learned yeah.
1: that about a, a year and a half ago, I thought to myself, I don't even know if I want to go into security and know all these things.
2: I mean, it is really. It's in sleep mode, but it still has like one eye open still. <laughs> so it's It's still really <laughs> overwhelming.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's scary and it's overwhelming. And I don't think I'm ever going to know everything. And that's scary too.
0: We, can all, we can't all be masters of everything. No,
1: that's and I think that's why we have to, to lean on each other.
0: But you mentioned StealthWatch. That's really a hot product right now. Oh, I love um, it. Um, I work at a utility, and I know we're about to roll some of that out. So I'm kind of excited to work with my security folks, because as I mentioned, I'm in the d- data center. So I work really closely. We sit right next to each other. So.
1: Oh, I like it so much. I'm so glad. I am so glad, and a whole bunch of yeah. I- and they stitch together the conversations. Um, and uh, you know all Cisco Live presentations are actually available online on demand afterwards. So I actually sat through um, Jeff's session, where he actually goes through a whole bunch of stories of when he went on site to people's environments, and like they found a um, what was it? It was a um, vending machine that like people were already peeing into this vending machine. You know, and it was just like I mean, he just had all these different examples of things that were happening that StealthWatch caught, and he was the one who said that when they've shown this to people before, they just they just want to try to put the genie back in the bottle, but you can't. Yeah, StealthWatch is cool. Excited. Huh. I'm still scared, just to let you know, from a security <laughs> perspective. Every now and again I'm like, I just wanna run back to Route Switch and put my head in the sand and not know all this. It is. It's it's it's
2: Yeah. It is scary. It's one of those that you wanna be scared though, because if you're not scared then you don't know what's happening. And you're not gonna Yeah. You know. Just do whatever the best protection
1: is. You know, whatever vendor offers the best protection in your opinion for your needs. What what I
2: have a question for you. What top three things would you recommend all organizations do right now to increase their resiliency?
1: To increase what?
2: The security. Resiliency oh. just what would you th-
1: Okay, first you have <laughs> to get something like Stealth Watch. <laughs> and you just have to give it all you really need to know is first you need to so you can't do anything or make a plan until you know what's going on. So absolutely first is to take a deep breath, take a shot or two, (laughs) pick up the phone, um, and get somebody to come in um, with a tool like StealthWatch that will go into your network and tell you exactly what is going on. There are a lot of tools, of course, I know the StealthWatch one. There are a lot of tools out there that can do threat analysis, like a terminal server. A terminal server, if you classify as a terminal server, that should not be doing data hoarding, okay? Terminal server doing data hoarding, not good, okay? A vending machine, getting RDP into it, not good. You know, a vending machine actually initiating TCP connections out? Not good. Um, so, all of these things and all of the, um, actually, it's a lot of universities have a lot of BitTorrent, they have a lot of people are punching, you know, kids are having oh, yeah. lots of fun, you know. They're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, again, take a deep breath, take a couple shots. I don't even drink, <laughs> but take a couple shots, get something like Stealthwatch into your network. And I really hate to say this, open your eyes and be prepared um, for what's going on in your network that you have absolutely no idea. Um, And then even if you decide not to continue with that product, get the product in, they'll get you free demos, they'll tell you what's going on and then work together to see what the patterns are, to see where your exposures are, because you're gonna see what your exposures are. Big picture. Um, It might be people in your network, it might be vulnerabilities, um, and take care of them. And then keep a tool like that all the time. You can, again, you can say all of these things in my network are terminal servers. Those should not be initiating RDPs out to anybody. Those should not be having conversations out to anybody outside. But it's overwhelming, and it's scary, and people don't want to know. The only people that I know that want to know are financials and government, and that's it. And if everyone else was really honest with themselves, they just don't want to know.
0: We're being photographed, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> so I have one question for you. With Absolutely.
1: Did all, I answer your question? Yeah, did. Yeah. Yeah. Deep breath. Yeah. Take a couple shots. <laughs> and then just and, and then just truly say I'm going to see what is really happening in my network and I'm going to deal with it. It's not even three things, just right, right. people don't want to do that and they want to make excuses as to why not to do it. Right. And people don't want to know. People they don't, don't want, to, want know.
2: to accept that they have these vulnerabilities, but they need to know.
1: And once they know, usually it's a little overwhelming. It is. Yes, sir.
0: So I want to know who your top three security go-to people are. Oh, my
1: gosh. My top three security go-to people. Okay. Okay. So, what I would say is... um, Well, they're all at Cisco.
0: That's fine. Okay.
1: So, I would say um, Mike Geller.
0: Oh, I don't know him.
1: See? Uh, Mike Geller is just absolutely... He taught some classes here. Um, As an STM. I asked him to teach a class um, securing virtualized networks. So, that was new for this year. And um, so, I just... He is just so wicked smart, not just about one specific product, but about security in general across, in a design. So he is the person that I think, when I think about security in general or securing the network, not a point product, he is the person I go to, right? He can somehow or other see in his mind all the different vulnerabilities in all the different places. So he is my first go-to person. I absolutely adore him, and now he knows it. So I absolutely adore him. I think he is brilliant. Um, the next person I would probably go to um, from a stealth watch perspective, actually, is Matt Robertson. Uh, Matt Robertson is here, he does a lot of stealth watch, a lot of teaching on stealth watch. Uh, Mike Geller is everything. Matt, Matt Robertson is StealthWatch, but he was with Land, he was with Cisco. He was with Cisco, and then he was actually with ICE and TrustSec. Okay. And then he went out to Landcope, and then he came back into Cisco, and now he does StealthWatch. But he has all of this other TrustSec and ICE knowledge as well.
0: Okay. Because so Landcope was was where Landcope was, was where we got StealthWatch watch, from. Right?
1: Absolutely. And so I would say Matt Robertson because he is, he's just got so much wisdom over so many years. Oh, the third one, wow. Pick, pick
0: wisely, because you know your listeners will be uh, oh anxiously uh, waiting to hear their name called.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, actually, it's this guy that I haven't met yet. And I just remember that his first name is Brad. So he, is, he actually has what he does, and so he's not, It's not that he's a security expert per se, but he actually has this web page, and I feel really bad. So all you have to do is look up Sharkfest, because he's the person who's taking that class on Monday. So if you just look at that agenda. So his name is Brad. Forget his last name. I have him on Twitter. I have his web page. And he actually does these scenarios that has to do with security scenarios on his web page, and then he has a PCAP associated with it. Okay, so you go through these scenarios like find who done it. So, so he, he's good with security and different different security vectors, um, but he's also really good with with helping people explain. So I would say that he's my third go to, even though I don't know his last name. Just really embarrassing. (laughs)
0: Oh, we're sorry for all the other folks who weren't chosen, but that, that is officially the fish's <laughs> top three. Those are my top, so top three that go-tos. I'm
1: going to right now. Yeah.
0: Wonderful. Do you have any uh, something um, you want to ask? Because mm-hmm. I can just keep firing. Uh, oh, no, we, oh, OK.
2: Uh, there it goes. We uh, have Brad the name. Palm. We have the name.
1: <laughs> Brad Palm. There we go. Excellent. <laughs>
2: Thank you, listener.
0: <laughs> so we're sorry for all the other folks. <laughs> Jason Davis, we're sorry. Um,
1: oh come on, Jason Davis is like he's like Mr. He's yeah he's awesome, but he's also a friend. So you know I can't pick friends. That would be just wrong. No,
0: it doesn't have to be friends. That's why I said go to. You know. Yeah, I would say that
1: these are these are my current go tos. I'm learning a lot from Brad's webpage, and I'm like superstar struck that I'm gonna be taking the class with him but the other two people are, are, are what really give me the landscape but I think when you go to a go-to person you have to really trust their answer
0: sure sure so well that's why I asked you because I know the yeah. fish has all the, all the connections and knows <laughs> all the answers so. these are
1: the people who can really break it down for me um, and they also have the ability to break it down as opposed to some people I might go to for a specific thing And they could answer that specific question, but they can't necessarily follow on with it or explain the implications. But they're great nerds.
0: (laughs) Now, how about this? Non-Cisco employee, not like folks that are here. If you had to ask somebody here, you know, who would you go to?
1: Oh my gosh. Actually, I've, I've already gone to, so I, I did do something. I went to Amy.
0: Okay, we've got Amy in here there. No,
1: no, no, no. So I went to her, and I actually asked her, because I wanted to understand what the customers are going through. So I actually went to her and asked her if I could talk to her security person where she works. Like, what are their challenges? What are the challenges that people are having with the feet in the street? And... Um, I would say I've been too in, too involved right now with the security people within Cisco to know all the security people outside. You should ask me again after after SharkFest. Shark Fest, Shark <laughs> yes, because I will be meeting a lot of people who are just absolute major nerds. There is a woman um, who's a Cisco champion, her name is Zoe. She oh. seems to like really oh, Zoe? Zoe, yeah, Zoe Rose? yeah, she's oh, yeah, she's cool. She's yeah, she's phenomenal. I like her. Yeah, I would love to like sit in a room with her and ask her all kinds of security questions. <laughs> so I'm gonna pick her. Yeah. She's she's my top pick.
0: I haven't seen Zoe. She came to Cisco Live, I think, in San Francisco a couple or years ago, or maybe San yeah. Diego. Yeah, she, she'd like yeah. to come
1: to Cisco Live again. She was actually voted the the top number one remote attendee.
0: Attending. Cool.
1: Yeah.
2: Actually, her and I have—we've actually been trying to do like a video, yeah. video call, so I can show her around.
1: Oh, that's fantastic! But yeah, I want to meet her.
2: her. And then I guess like where she's at, her Wi-Fi has been oh, not fantastic. as bad. As
0: so we're getting uh, uh, people waving at us. I believe this is uh, the end of our show. Oh, wanna cool. thank pink. Denise. My favorite
1: color is pink. pink.
0: Well, that we know, but I want to thank you for sharing your time and your knowledge. And oh,
2: absolutely. Thank you very much. You too, Ron. It's a great chat. It's a great chat. Great talking to you. Thank Thank you. Thank you.